Welcome to Total. Why do I even try? Welcome to Totally Normal, the show where you are not alone in your love life struggles. No, 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 no. You are not the only one. Where you can get a little inspiration for your week. Always trying over here to grow and learn and do things a little differently. I find it satisfying. I find it annoying for most of my family and friends. And where you can get some company while you do your dishes for the 10,000th time. You're also welcome to just hang out with me as you attack the mundane tasks of your life over and over and over again. This is the point of a podcast. So I am your host. I am Lindsay Chrysler. And I have a love life with issues, with wonderful things, with issues, with wonderful things, with issues over and over for the rest of my life. So here we are all in this together. I will share with you about my love life, what's going on with me, and then I will answer your questions. And so you can write in your question. I have a listener question I'm going to answer today on the first episode. You can write into the totally normal show at gmail.com. The totally normal show at gmail.com. Email me right now. It's totally anonymous. Even if I know you, even if I recognize your name while we're starting this show, scrapping it together in the early days before this is years in the future and I'm listening back to this and cringing and it's full of people that I don't know. I probably know you if you're going to write in a question and I will keep it so anonymous. I promise. I will pretend like I don't even know your situation. I will just answer it fresh. Okay. So email me your questions. I'm excited to be in this together and and share something that might be helpful. So let's just, I need to um, explain something that's happening in my house to let you in on this week's, um, I would call it a good conversation that I had. So one thing to know about me is that I just got married a couple weeks ago. Oh my God, biggest relief of my life. I, yeah, it's a, it's a long ass story of how we got to the altar and with clear hearts and open hearts and said our I do's and said our vows and are in our uh, two weeks post marriage right now. It's very, very exciting. I can go into lots more details about that. If you have any questions about getting engaged or breaking up or um, honest conversations with your person to move things along or wanting to have a baby, all of those topics, very, very welcome over here at Totally Normal. Okay, so to give you some context about who I am, if you don't already know this about me, is when I find something that I enjoy, I like to grip, grip on and try to have it forever. And I try to create my life in a way that will forever have these good feelings. So one of those things is I went to the farmer's market. No, no, no. Let's backtrack all the way, all the way. When I moved out to the suburbs, there was the the local dairy farm. They drove around and they offered me a free bottle of milk. And it comes in this like, you know, classic milk bottle. And they said, yeah, if you want to sign up for a subscription, we'll put a cooler on your porch. We'll deliver milk. Okay, so we drink milk. We drink coffees at the time. And I was like, these boys are cute. They gave me a free gallon of milk. I'm into this. And the cooler's cute. And so I, I got the cooler and I signed up for the subscription and I signed up for the app. And now I'm tracking this milk delivery service on an app. Okay, this is story of my life, tracking subscriptions on apps. And so I sign up and we're on this milk delivery service. Monday at midnight, they deliver the with ice in the cooler and you wake up to fresh milk. La, la, la. Okay, that's lovely. That's been going on for a year. We have milk milk woman, milk man, milk person. I don't know their gender. Flash forward a year. I go to the farmer's market. I make it to the freaking farmer's market. I try this oat milk. And as some of you know, I am a loyal 
fan of oatly full fat oat milk. It's delicious. There is no other oat milk that anyone should be using. I know people are using Khalifa Barista at the coffee shop and the coffee shop that I love uses that. Do I criticize them? No, because I know there's like supplier chain issues and there's budget stuff and like who knows why people are not using oatly oat milk, but I am a fan of oatly oat milk. Oftentimes at Whole Foods, which that's a whole nother thing about supporting Whole Foods, but they are often out of full fat oat milk. So anyway, I'm going to the farmer's market. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm like buying some fresh stuff. I'm supporting the local local. And I try this oat milk and it's delicious. And I'm like, okay, let's try this. So I go home with this bottle of oat milk from the farmer's market. And you have to be really careful. You got to shake it. Otherwise, it looks really gross. And so I'm trying it out and I think it's good. And then I sign up for a subscription for them too. So on Monday nights, um, the oat milk, the, the full milk gets delivered. Hang with me. I know we're doing 10 minutes on milk. I'm so sorry. This is the part where you can just hang out with me until we get into like actual love life issues. This is context. And I apologize for how much milk content is already in the first episode. Welcome to being my friend. So I subscribe. I've got regular milk on Monday night. I've got an oat milk delivery on Tuesday night. Three bottles at a time again. Have to do it every other week. My dog sleeps on the landing, looking over the front door uh, most of the time. She's barking like a crazy person on Monday night. Oh, I forgot to put her in because of the oat uh, because of the milk delivery. So I put her in on the Tuesday night. We sleep terribly because everyone's sleeping and it's like living in a pet farm with her toenails scratching the walls. And so Wednesday comes along. After all this milk delivery to, so we were on our honeymoon, which was like the worst, like least romantic honeymoon of all time. I was sick the entire time. The wedding was truly amazing. We had an intimate wedding. Um, also, if you have any questions about planning a wedding, I like, I have, I learned a lot from the process, but we had intimate wedding, beautiful. Oh my God. Stunning. Oh my God. Family healing, tears, love, pregnant women coming. I mean, it was just a magical, magical event. Then the honeymoon was horrible. I mean, it was beautiful because we were in the California Redwoods, but um, it was uh, full of phlegm. And we get home and we've been unplugged from our systems, right? For two weeks, three weeks. I mean, for three months, really, because of the wedding planning. And we have a meal meal system of like who cooks what night. Okay. And that's a whole nother podcast. But we hadn't quite gotten back into the system and it's Wednesday and I'm cooking dinner for like the third time and we're just not really in our groove and I'm feeling so resentful. And this happens to me before I get my period. The resentment comes. She comes and she is unruly and she doesn't have like a yellow light. It's like I go from green light to red light. Red light, resentment light uh, is on. I'm cooking dinner. I'm chopping resentfully. I'm thinking about all the stuff I have to do. I go to my now husband and I say, I'm feeling really resentful. I feel like I'm doing all these things and I'm like, you know, there's just like all these tasks and I like I'm doing the dinner, I'm doing the dog grooming, I'm doing this, like I'm I'm running the delivery, the subscription services, to, like I'm like to, to, to like listing off all of the things that I've been doing all week. And he's like, well, I feel resentful because you add so many things to your plate and then you come to me resentful that I'm not doing more, but I don't sign off on all of the things that you are adding to your plate. And I'm like, what? You're resentful? Like it's completely shocking to me that the feeling I'm having, which the feeling of being resentful is being right about how much of an idiot the other person is. I mean, you're, you're just like, God, I do so much for what? You know, it's like the classic, I, I know motherhood ought to go really smoothly for me. So actually what resentment is, is you've overextended. You've said yes to things that you were a no. So you've been dishonest with yourself and with others. And then you are mad at everyone for not 
fixing that for you. And it's so gross. It's a really terrible feeling because it actually the other person didn't even get a chance to defend, you know, to make things right. Like you're, you've gone far and beyond into a land of like doing things for people that nobody asked you to do. So resentment is absolutely gross and it feels actually like self-righteous rage, but it is truly resentment. I felt very right in how much I was doing and how little he was doing. And I was like very right in my resentment. And that's what happens when I have PMS. So I go to him. I sound resentful, blah, blah, He's like, I'm resentful too. I'm like, oh my God. Like, what could you possibly be resentful for? Because I am a servant in this house and all I do is make you happy. And he was saying that, you know, he, I put so much on my plate. I heard him. We both talked about it. We both talked about all the things that we were doing. We have this new thing where we decide not to fix it in the moment because we're both kind of amped up. And you're, you're, when you're sharing how you're feeling, it's good to share how you're feeling. It's good to share the resentment. It's like, oh my God, relief. But it, but there's still this like kind of burning embers of like anger and like sadness and grief that are still burning bright. And so prop, like fixing it in that moment, as tempting as it is for me, because I want to come up with a solution right away. I have learned that I have to actually just be like, okay, this is what's happening. This is how you feel. This is how I feel. We've all, we've gotten it out on the table. And now we need to agree to be sweethearts, to be loving and kind, beautiful people that we are. And I love you. And then he says, I love you. And we decide to create a system later. Now, sometimes what happens is you never create a system and you feel better. And then it comes up again and again and again. And then you really have to create a system that happens in fact, I'm like, wait, did we make a system? But we, what we did is we, we just recommitted to the old system. However, I will say that what I learned is that I have far too many milk subscriptions and he's right. He's right. I am tracking these subscriptions on apps. I'm worrying about it when I travel. I'm worrying about the dog sleeping. I have three jugs of milk, three jugs of oat milk. I have like three jugs of tea from my wedding still in there. I've got beverages galore. I don't need this kind of complicated life. And in the attempt to make things easier, like, oh, I never have to remember oat milk and milk at the grocery store. I have actually made my life more complicated. And then I'm burnt out and stressed out. And then I bring that stress to him. And he's like, why do we have so much milk? And he's right. Sometimes he's not right, but right. So I need to cancel my milk subscriptions and I am recommitted to our system of our meal prep cooking system. I've not figured it all out, you guys, but I am trying. And that is a little lesson on resentment. So don't be resentful. If you're resentful, the the intervention to resentment is what do I need? What am I doing that I don't want to be doing? What do I really want to be appreciated for, right? And then you got to voice these things and then you got to hear what they need and you got to hear what they need appreciation for and you got to do it. And it's not always fun and it sometimes feels a little inauthentic because you're like, I really appreciate you for saying this and then and, and, and you have to like reach into your insides and like pull them out and say, here's my heart. Will you have it? Okay. And then they're like, here's my heart. Will you have it? And if it's not going that way, you probably need a therapist because then it's like, oh man, we're on top of like 10 years of resentment. But resentment is not a fun one to be on the other end of. It's like, well, if you had asked me, I would have said no, or I would have helped you, or I would have, if you had voiced this, it's always like, if you had spoken up, then we wouldn't be in this mess of, of like rusty, cranky, old, crusty feelings. Okay, so I realize I'm talking very fast and I'm caffeinated and that is what is happening. If you're resentful out there, 
there you go. You're not the only one. I am resentful and my husband's resentful. Although I don't feel resentful at all in the last couple of days since we had that chat. So that's the whole reason for having those uncomfortable chats. And we've been having uncomfortable chats for about seven years and we've gotten a lot better at them. I used to be really freaking mean. I also used to be emotionally explosive and like when I would bring something up, it would be so old that I would be crying or I would act like a little baby or be throwing a tantrum or I would be super mean. I still have like slippery slopes there, but if you practice, it gets a lot better. It's a lot better. So we cleared the resentment and probably like, I mean, it was a 15 minute clear. Not bad. Okay. So what's going on out there? How are you feeling? What's going on? What are you so sick of? What do you need help with? What do you need support with? Sometimes a little camaraderie, a little community spirit, a little, Hey, it's not just you. It's me too. That can go a long way. So let's get into some listener questions. Um, we've got one today that I really like. It's a little spicy for our first episode, which I kind of love because it's about S E X, which on TikTok you spell it S. E-G-G-S. And it makes me uncomfortable when I see that in the hashtags. Okay. Are you ready for the question? Here we go. Dear Lindsay, my husband has a really strong sex drive. When we met, I thought this was super hot. I still do a lot of the time. The issue is, why do I talk in this voice when I'm reading a listener question? Okay. Let's try this again, guys. Let's just be myself. Let's just be normal. We don't need to perform for anybody. We are perfect the way we are. Okay. The issue is my sex drive is pretty much non-existent. In some ways, I feel like there is no room for my sex drive to even peek its head out from under the curtain because he, his is running the show. Why is my sex drive gone? Maybe it's hormonal. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's because I finally feel safe in a relationship and all of my sexual trauma is coming up to the surface. I hear my friends talking about being turned on, and honestly, I'm so far from that right now. I feel like I'm missing out on some fun ride that everyone else gets to enjoy. How do I get back my desire and shift this dynamic? Ooh, that is such a good question. First of all, who are these annoying friends who are talking about being turned on? Shame on them. Shame on them. Just blatantly putting that out in the field. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm happy for your friends that are turned on. It's tricky. You are so not alone. I think sex drive is very elusive. I think it comes and it goes. I think this is definitely a temporary phase. And I have some ideas. I notice you say you finally feel safe in a relationship. So I just want to applaud you for feeling safe in a romantic relationship. Feeling safe is one of the most beautiful feelings And it takes work to feel safe because that means you feel like you can be yourself and express yourself and they are not going to leave, right? And you feel like you can say that and be that for the other person too. I just want to applaud you for for having safety. I also want to applaud your husband for bringing his really strong sex drive into the mix when you are not matching him in having the same sex drive. So the fact that he is that you said you you are still experiencing this, like he still has a really song, strong sex drive even after your really safe relationship that you've created. That's amazing too. So he feels safe as well bringing in, you know, maybe sometimes he feels less and less inclined, but he still feels safe to be a turned on person in your relationship. So bravo, little round of applause for our listener because safety is um, a huge accomplishment. I, and it's so hard to feel like you're missing out on some fun ride. I mean, the first the first question I have is, do you really, really, really want to feel turned on? 
right? Do you really want that? Do you feel like you should feel that way? Or do you actually want that? Are you missing it? Are you longing for it? Because if you're not really wanting it right now, then I would just say it's totally fine to not be sexual for a period of time, right? So if you're, if you just feel like you should, like you're missing out and you should, but it's, it's not quite right for you right now, then that's fine. Then you just get to say, you know what? I am not in a sexual period of my life. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing with my energy because having sex and having intimacy requires energy and it requires spaciousness and it requires consciousness and attention. If you don't have it right now, that's okay. However, if you are longing to feel a desire, you're like, oh my God, I miss wanting my husband. I miss wanting sex. Then I think there's a few things. So you may have tried some of these, but let's see. So the first thing is I would give yourself a one month break from sex. So a 30 day, 40 day, like a period of time where you are taking it fully off the table, where you don't have to worry about whether we will or we won't, or he's going to want to, and I'm going to be disappointing and blah, blah, blah. Just take it fully off the table. Agree with your husband. This is a period of time that I need a complete And I know we've been not having sex, so I know that you've already like put up with a lot, but I need a full 30 days of complete rest from this question. Okay. Then if you've already done that, I think there's a self-pleasure element. Part of it is when you're, when you're feeling so safe and when you're living with person day in and day out, there's no space for the erotic energy, right? Because you're just always together. Like, Erotic energy is, is from space and distance. We learned that from Esther Perel. We love her, right? There has to be separation. So right now you all might be in a super bonded, super like team time, right? And so there might not be a lot of space or maybe you live like in a place where there's not a lot of room or maybe you both like in my house, we both work from home. We have to create so much freaking space, to get some erotic energy because we're always together. We're always around, okay? How to create more space at the same time, creating a little bit of um, just kind of like reminding your body, waking your body up to sexual energy. So what I would do is create a boundary around we're not having sex. Then I would create some self-pleasure practices for yourself. So you start to, your body starts to remember the feeling of orgasm being turned on. I'm curious if you're already doing self-pleasuring. Um, so your body starts to remember, oh yeah, I get into this space with orgasm where I lose my to-do list. Like that's really beautiful. Or I start to love my body more when I really like take that time with myself and I massage myself with oil and, you know, so you have to kind of teach your body about turn on again because it forgets, we forget. And then you have to create space with your husband, with your husband. And so I think you could do that with not living in the same house period of time, not sleeping in the same bed, um, creating more like silence, less talking about every single thing that's happening, like every single secretion from your body, right? And then creating a practice. So then practices around intimacy, you've probably tried some of these, but that also is just so helpful, right? A 10-minute intimacy practice of eye gazing, of telling the truth, of you know, um, the wheel of consent, Betty Martin style, um, touch for your own pleasure. Doing those practices, doing all of this is not going to create wild, hot, passionate, like romance novel sex. Not right now. Cause you're coming out of a, a you're coming out of a phase of not wanting that. Right. So it's not going to go right to that, but it will create that. It'll start creating the hormones. It'll start creating the chemicals and then it'll start creating more connection. And it's also just like a, hey, like I know you really want sex. I'm not feeling turned on. Here's where we can meet 
both of our needs? That's what I'll say to that question. I love that question. It's so, so, so common. I guess the last thing I want to say is it will come back. Whether you do all these things or not, I think life is so cyclical and it will come back and it will surprise you and it will delight you. I don't know. I feel personally like I make these things into these huge problems and then I have to sign up for a huge program to like fix it and do all these things. And sometimes that's really the right move because because I have the energy to do those things. But sometimes I sign up for things or I try to fix things when I don't have the energy to change it. Sex is erotic and interesting and alive and we can't force that thing we can create containers around intimacy and connection and emotional connection but that wanting to have sex is something that has to be natural and be there and we cannot force it so bravo also to you because I what I'm hearing is that you're not forcing it maybe you are I mean sometimes I have and I know sometimes my husband has, and it it creates resentment and it creates actually less erotic appeal the next time. So I would not force it. And there's other things we can do like waking up our own bodies and waking up intimacy and waking up connection and creating more space in our daily life from our person that actually could um, create more independence. And it just might not be time for that, right? Like you might be on the safety journey and it might not be time for that, but it will come back. It will come back because you are an alive woman who's asking this question. And it will come back if you want it to come back. And I think um, these things take some time. So there you go. All right, y'all. That is our episode. That's our Totally Normal show for you today. That's the question answered. That's my own love life discussed. And today's episode I want to dedicate to my husband, my new husband of two weeks. Um, He is so supportive of me doing creative things. I really have been wanting to do a show like this for a while. He's been so encouraging. He always is so, so, so encouraging of anything creative, anything I want to put out in the world. He's my one of my biggest fans. And so I dedicate this to him. I hope he has a really good day, and I hope he never listens to this. Okay. Thanks for listening. Good luck with your day. Good luck with your week. I will see you soon. I will talk to you next week and we will get into more questions. Make sure you email me if you've got something you're worried about, you're struggling with, you're annoyed by the totally normal show at gmail.com. I'm Lindsay and you're not alone. You can do this. You are doing a good job and I'll see you next time. Okay. Bye.